Kia ora and welcome to Candidate Korero. I'm Ethan Manera. And I'm Zoe Mills, and we are the Salient News Editors. This is our 2023 election podcast, where we'll be chit-chatting with local candidates and the big dog party leaders to break down the dense and boring party politics and show students what's on offer this election season. Keep an eye out for all the upcoming interviews with Wellington Central and Rongatai candidates, and check out the written interviews each week in Salient. So, starting off, you were vice president back in the day. I was. You had some quite radical ideas. Do you think you've stayed true to those roots or have you just got more centre as your career's gone on? No, I think I've stayed true to my roots, but I think my probably field of vision is slightly wider than it was when I was vice president. So as vice president, naturally, your main focus is tertiary education. Mm. Um, I think when you enter national politics, your field of vision becomes a bit wider. So my values are still exactly the same. My ideals around education are still the same, but I have a slightly more expensive view of it. So I also think about early childhood education and schooling education and tertiary education and trades training and those other components as well. So I think I'm, um, you know, I'm still the same person. I still believe in the same things, um, but I, I probably look at things through a slightly wider lens. Well, in that case, I'd just love to read you a quote if possible. Um, this is back from 2000. It's become obvious and widely accepted that the level of government support for tertiary education in New Zealand is woefully inadequate. If the government really do have a commitment to lifelong learning, it's time for them to put their money where their mouths are and give tertiary institutions sufficient funding to allow them to achieve their goals. Who do you think said that? Yeah, that was me, and and I absolutely continue to maintain that view. Um, If you look at the the track record of our government, we've increased tertiary education funding every year that we have been in government. Um, I'm not satisfied with the levels of funding that we've got. Actually, even just in the last couple of months, we've put in an additional injection of funding into tertiary education to boost funding rates as a result of concerns at institutions like Victoria University, because I do think that there's always going to be more work to be done. Um, One of the the uh, policy achievements of the last Labour government that I was really proud to be part of because I was the uh, one of the small team of advisors that put it together was interest-free student loans. It's something that people take for granted now, but back when um, you know I was writing those columns, we were still paying interest on our student loans every day, and now um, student loans are completely interest-free. And so that, I think, has made a huge difference to people. Is it job done? No, of course not. You know, there's always more to do. This government, um, we introduced the first year free. Over time, I'd like to continue work in that direction. But there's always a limited ability for government to pay. But I think if you look at the track record that we've had, we have continued to put more money into tertiary. If I could read you out just one more from back in your columns in Salient back in the day. Um, This was an interview with you and it said, Chris would like to see free education and student allowances. Quote, I still believe free education is probably achievable over a 10-year period. It's obviously been a lot longer than 10 years then. So what has changed since you said this? Do you still agree with that sentiment? Well, yeah, a lot has changed. Obviously, there's been quite a lot of changes to government expenditure over that time and reductions in tax. So fundamentally the bargain I guess for New Zealanders or the you know the, the question for New Zealanders is how much tax are they willing to pay in order to sustain public services. We're having that debate today. You will see that very debate happening um, unfolding today. I am of the view that tax cuts reduce the available funding for things like quality tertiary education which is why we're not campaigning on a program of tax cuts. The more we see government revenue reduced through things like tax cuts, the less flexibility there is, the less options there are in the future to do more in, for education, for health and for other public services. On to cost of living, VUSA has launched a campaign called Study Wage for All, which is proposing $385 per week per student to help support them during the cost of living crisis, to support them during the studies. 
Do you endorse this? I think we always need to look at, you know, cost of living support for students. The challenge is at the moment, um, you know, we, we're, as you will have seen in the financial accounts that have just, well, the, you know, the, the decisions that have been announced in the last couple of days, we are in a pretty tight financial environment where every additional dollar of government spending is, is getting more and more difficult to achieve. Um, over time, um, I'll always keep continue to push for more support for tertiary students. Um, but I can't promise something like a, a universal allowance or a, you know, a, a universal, um, payment. That's not something that I think we could credibly be offering at this point. And speaking of that, the student allowance barriers right now, only 12% of students are able to access student allowance, which means students having to take on multiple jobs. It's forcing them out of tertiary education. In general, would you consider raising these barriers? I certainly, um, wouldn't rule out doing more in that, um, space in the future. I think there are still some unfinished business that we've got in the tertiary space in terms of previous commitments we've made, which because of the COVID-19 response and others, we never quite managed to tick off in our first term in government. And we were clear in the last election that we would, might not be able to get to them in this term in government either. We've got issues to still grapple with around postgraduate students and the financial support available for them and some of the age discrimination that was built into the system under the last government. And I'm still keen for us to make progress on on that. Now, I can't put a particular time frame on that, so um, but I think when we can, those things will be in there and of course you know we do we're very conscious that students tertiary students are hit with the same cost of living pressures as everybody else and so um, you know in the way we frame up our policies for the coming election there is a component that's sort of focused on students you know the free public transport and the half price public transport um, that's that's been a significant thing with students. You know, we know that for a lot of tertiary... I used to live in that hut and I used to travel into, um, into Vic Uni every day and public transport was a significant part of my weekly outgoings and so the, um, the sort of cost savings that students will get through that actually uh, can be quite meaningful for them. Will the half price fees continue under a Labour government? Absolutely. So we've said that that will stay for under 25s, half price stays indefinitely. For under 13s, um, it's free, completely free. Would you consider extending the free right up to under 25s? In time, if it was affordable, you know, um, and there might be ways, it might not be all under 25s, you know, it might there might be some more targeted stuff that we could do, but um, I, I certainly, I, I think... In future, making public transport, mass rapid transit, um, more um, more affordable and more available is actually going to be part of the solution to a range of issues that we face, cost of living being one of them, but actually less congestion, more climate-friendly cities, more, more mass rapid transit is definitely a big part of the answer to that. If I can touch on one of those policies that didn't quite make it through in the last two terms of Labour government, fees-free, obviously a really major thing. We got the first year, the second, the last couple of years for fees-free didn't make it through due to COVID-19. Nationals committed to maintaining fees-free if they were elected. So what I'd really like to know is what the future for the policy, the entire fees-free policy is under future Labour governments. I'm, I'm very f- frank. I still like the idea. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think that we'll be adding more years to that in the foreseeable future, just because of the. You know, if if we were going to put more money into tertiary education, I'm not sure that's the first place that we would go. Um, I think some of the issues around funding rates, some of the issues around student support, would probably be higher on the list than necessarily extension of um, free fees free. But of course, it's still consistent with our overall long-term objectives of cutting the cost of tertiary education, so better supporting tertiary students, and uh, making the whole system, you know, more affordable. 
But we'll, we will be maintaining that first year of Oh, first year free is absolutely here. Yeah. For as long as we're here, first year free is still there. Uh, under a National Act government, you, couldn't have, you wouldn't have that guarantee because ACT have been pretty clear that they want National to be more radical in the cuts that they're making. And um, they've said that they think first year free should be first on the chopping block. I'm going to touch on the dying state of tertiary education. As I'm sure you're aware, the UW is facing a 32 million deficit. We've got 60 million deficits at Otago University. We've had the support package from your government for tertiary education, but how can we trust that a Labour government, if re-elected, would come in with the long-term solutions for our tertiary sector? So this is always a difficult um, uh situation for governments, we have to make sure that tertiary institutions get sufficient funding in order to be able to function effectively, in order to be able to deliver a quality education and the quality outcomes that we're looking for beyond just tuition, because we're also looking for research outcomes from our universities, we're looking for the critic and conscience role of universities to be properly supported and so on. So we have to make sure that the funding rates that we've got are sufficient for that. Institutions still need to make good decisions about how they spend money. And so one of the things, um, if you go back and, and read, which sounds like you have, um, a lot of the stuff that I was talking about as, as VUSA president, we went through, we were, Victoria University last went through a similar kind of phase to the one it's in now. At that time, when I was VUSA president, they were running at a deficit. They had to make some difficult decisions about how to actually balance the books for the university. Some of that came down to government funding being insufficient and the incoming Labour government did increase funding for the institutions. Some of it was declining enrolments and actually that turned around around about 2001 enrolment started to grow again which was uh, great news. Um, but some of it was actually the fact that the institution itself was spending money on some of the wrong things. And if you look at our universities now, some of them went through a sort of a, a refocusing effort sort of two years ago, and Victoria University and Otago University didn't. So if you look at Auckland University, for example, they went through a restructuring exercise two years ago. I can ago. just take you back to the question, though, what kind of long-term solutions in future, not just the reasons, not just what's already happened now, but what would happen in future for a Labour government? In well, we'll continue to in, in, in improve tertiary funding every year that we are in government, as we have done before. Um, and the new funding model that we've put in place or we are putting in place for vocational learning um, I think offers some you know, potential opportunities to discuss with universities what a similar kind of approach might be for them. Just to jump in there, that funding model has been called a band-aid by a lot of universities, specifically for Victoria University. It's still causing a lot of course cuts. It's not enough funding. What is a long-term solution? So we're just talking about different things. What we've done with the Polytechs is we've actually changed the funding model so that it's not just a bums-on-seats model, basically. So they've got um, funding for... There's now three components to the funding that we give to the Polytech system, the vocational education system. So there's funding for the what we call the learner component, which is looking at equity issues. So looking at um, students who are coming, learners who are coming into Polytech from disadvantaged background attract a higher rate of funding. So it's a more equitable funding system. There's a strategic component, which is about investing in the future. So it's about saying we might need new programs in the future. And then there is still the bums on seats component. I think, you know, potentially we can have those kind of conversations with universities. At the moment, the two main funding streams from government, they, they still have two, but they've got the bums on seats component and they've got the PBRF money. I actually think one of the conversations to have with the universities is around how we better support equity in the universities. The universities do that internally, but I think government funding models could better support that. We'll move on to housing now, if that's yeah. okay with you. Yeah, housing. So... National School Kiwi Build, a total failure. It was originally meant to help with housing affordability. Students are facing a massive housing crisis. Everyone's living in mouldy, gross houses, and there's also the increasing issue of not enough student accommodation beyond first year. 
How will the government support the creation of housing and the CBD that is accessible for students and low-income earners? The changes that we made around some of the, I know this is going to be boring, but the changes that we made around some of the building rules to allow more intensification will be good for tertiary students because actually tertiary students do tend to live in more intensive accommodation you know, environments and the more of that that there is, then the more affordable it will be. Fundamentally, it's a supply and demand problem. There's more demand than there is supply, so we've got to increase the supply. The rule changes we've made to allow more intensive housing development will actually mean that we can basically build more houses, get more houses built that increase the housing supply. Well, track record hasn't been fantastic with the building more houses model. Kiwi Build hasn't been successful. Well, Kiwi Build's been successful in the sense it's built about 3,000 houses, which is not what the sorts of numbers that we were aiming for. The other work that we've been doing around getting private sector to build more houses has actually been successful. And the work that we've been doing to get more state houses built has also been successful. We're building more state houses than any government since the 1950s. Um, And again, that helps with the rental affordability issue because the more state houses there are, the more affordable rental becomes overall within the market. And so um, the issue is, you know, it's it's pretty basic. There just aren't enough houses. And this problem is built up over several decades. We're building houses faster now than, than we ever have previously, probably since the 50s, but we've just got a lot of catching up to do. Another issue is obviously skyrocketing rent. Not having rental regulations in place, do you support mechanisms such as capping rental prices or rent freezes when necessary? We've looked at that and ultimately that is more likely, you know, looking at the international experience as well, it's more likely to result in fewer rentals being available in the first place, which would mean that the price of those rentals would probably actually go up rather than down. So I looked at capping. And I, I think capping would probably make the problem worse rather than better. What we did do, though, was introduce the limitation so that landlords can't keep hiking up the rent. They can only do it once every year, I think it is, um, whereas previously they could just hike it up whenever they wanted. On the topic of landlords, healthy home standards, it's all well and good that we have them, but they're not being enforced. As I said before, students are living in really awful housing and a lot of low-income earners are. How will your government make sure that these standards are actually enforced by private landlords in particular? Yeah, there is, there is an enforcement regime in place. I think we, could, we should always be looking at how we can strengthen that, though. I haven't got a specific commitment to make on that at the moment, but we're always looking at how we... You know, we introduced the standards for a reason because we do think landlords should have to comply with them. But they're not complying, yeah. so what are you going to do about Yeah, like I said, I, I haven't... You know, that, there will be elements um, of that that we address in our housing policy. We, we, haven't, we haven't released that yet. Mm. When is that expected to be released? Uh, well, there's only six weeks to go, or six and a half weeks to go, so it will be in, the, in that period of time. Just to finish off, because we've just pitching with you for questions, but we'd love to give you an opportunity just to do like a 30-second quick pitch to students about why they should give Labour their vote. I think Labour's track record of making life better for students speaks for itself. Interest-free student loans, first-year free, increased funding for tertiary providers, um, increasing funding for things like student loans and allowances. Um, we have been doing all of those things, and we've got a lot more work to do. Fundamentally, the election's about a choice. It's a choice between a government that wants to cut government support through cutting taxes or a government that wants to continue to increase it. And the Labour Party stands firmly on the side of increasing tertiary student support.